Welcome back to Life Round the Fire, podcast number two, part of a series. This is a part of a series called Outside In and Inside Out, and I'm really glad that you're here. Thanks for tuning in again, and just right out the gate, let me say that we're still working out some of the wrinkles some of the bugs, and periodically you might hear me say, and, uh, and, and, um, and stuff like that. Partly that's just because I might be a little bit nervous. I'm getting more accustomed to this. My objective is to speak to each of you individually, but also to speak as though I'm talking to maybe like 4,000 people. So it's a rather new experience for me to do this in a booth, but here we go, man. And uh, like I said, see, there you go. And uh, like I said, the title of this is Outside In and Inside Out. And the reason behind that is some of the things in life, they happen to us from the outside. For example, a few years back, I was in a car. I was a passenger. And out of my right eye, I saw this other car coming. We got into the intersection and the other car did not stop and slammed into the car that I was in. Thus, it was an outside-in job. And uh, it is not unsimilar to some things that happen to us spiritually. That's the basis for this particular podcast. It's a spiritual growth podcast focusing in on the heart of God as Father and His kingdom and we as citizens so, the primary text that I'm using or passages, I'm drawing them out from the Bible. And when I say I'm drawing them out, it kind of goes along with what and how God is doing things in our life and has done things in our life. He draws us. He is like taking a bucket and putting it into a well and drawing it up or sometimes even more radically, he coerces us with some pretty strong things. So I'm going to share the passages that I'm primarily using while I'm presenting some of this, what I consider to be real vital information. And uh, they're found in three primary books. Well, uh, two books primarily, excuse me. One is the book of John, and they're in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. John chapter 6, verses 35 through 51, and John 17, verses 20 through 26. Then in the book of Acts, 
chapters nine, chapter nine, verses one through nine, and Acts sixteen, verses thirteen through fifteen. So, in case you want to look them up later and get them, see them for yourselves, or study them, actually, uh, there they are. So, in looking at them, it's rather important to note that in the book of John, Jesus uses this aspect of no one can come to him unless the Father draws him. That includes the people then, me, those of you that have had that experience of relationship with God, and specifically also for those of you who, uniquely enough, you're catching this podcast, you're hearing this, and you're kind of wondering, well, you're drawn here, and you're here, you may not even have a relationship with God, or you're curious. That's because you're being drawn. And nobody is, by and large, the type of person who just decides. I mean, we all do at some point in time. We say, I'm going to improve myself. That's one thing. But to do and have an internal change, impossible. It's like a fish trying to yodel. It's just not going to happen. We have to have a transformation. There has to be a new life form inside of us in order to live a life in relationship with God and be a citizen of his kingdom. And so John records the messages that Jesus gave concerning being drawn. And that element of being drawn is really from a loving standpoint. The father loves us. He wants to have relationship with us. But as it were, we were born from the time of Adam and Eve, we were born with this nature that's called sin or death. It's a literal condition. It's a nature. And it has a separation between us and God. And there is only one remedy that can take place. And that remedy is found in the blood of a sacrificial offering. Ultimately, that sacrificial offering being Jesus. Jesus is the one who cleanses us and transforms us so that the relationship that has a gap is no longer there and we are transformed from a nature of death into a nature of eternal life, which is dynamic, it's a miracle, and we become citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, what I find amazing is that John, when he wrote this gospel that I'm taking the information from, he was probably, I don't know, 65 to 85 years old, somewhere in there. And at that point in time, he was still a person that was really just zealous, on fire, full of the love of God. And even though he had been persecuted and put as a prisoner on an island, boiled in oil, just stories go on and on about him and other people who had real, real heavy-duty opposition to even spreading the good news. He didn't lose his passion, and that is amazing. So it goes to show that this is not just some one-night stand type of stuff, man. This is really very real and substantially long-lasting, eternally long-lasting. However, it's safe to say that some of us, myself included, at times have become, I don't know, 
once again, complacent, maybe rebellious, trapped, hurt, disillusioned, sick, tired, just busy, so on and so on. And things have gotten rather dull, rather ho-hum, blasé, or just kind of just nothing. However, it doesn't have to stay that way. In fact, one of the things that has happened personally to me, and I'm not alone, there is a another particularly strong surge of God's Spirit that's happening across the nations, man. And as a result, there's an awakening and a shaking. And if you're experiencing that, praise God, man, because we at times need that. We need to be pursued all over again. And if this is for the first time, if this is the first time for you, man, hold on. You are headed for a ride of your life, a change, a transformation. I am so happy for you. Now, there's nonetheless some things that in the process as we're reading and finding out that Jesus is saying things like, man, I'm telling you the truth, or verily, verily, I say unto you, kind of like when my son would say, uh, to be truthfully honest with you, my son Aaron would say that, and I'd be thinking, yeah, as opposed to what, you're being lyingly almost honest with me, or, you know, no, it's really meant to be an emphasis. Jesus is saying, I'm not telling you a parable. I'm not giving you a spiritual riddle. I want you to really understand this. This is something that's very important. So when he said that no one can come to the Father except they're drawn, that's really, really, really important because that's truth. He really meant it. No matter how good we are or how much we've tried, maybe someone has said, you know, you bend a card, you say a prayer, and there you are. That's not really the case. There has to be a transformation, a divine exchange that happens from the inside out. I mean, from the outside in, excuse me. It happens from the outside, but God wants to get inside. Now here, this is the stuff that really gets me going, man. How does God get inside of us to do his work? I never get tired of this. This is like one of the top five miracles of all time, the transformation of the inner man. How does God get from outside to inside? And then later on, how did he get from inside to outside? Now, I'm going to go in steps, and I'm going to try to go a little more slowly just to let this sink in. And so, how does God get inside of us to do his work, okay? This is true for those that we read about in the Bible, like in Acts chapter 9, Paul, he was drawn in a unique way. He got knocked off his horse and blinded by light because he needed that. In Acts chapter 16, Lydia was different. She was a truth seeker. She was a merchant in clothing, in her process was more gentle. Myself, I had to be radically pursued. My wife, she 
was from a young age more gently drawn. She was drawn in at a young age. For each person, it's a little bit different, the drawing, but it has to be God who's drawing. And then he draws us to Jesus. And when we are with Jesus, he's the one knocking and he wants in. Here is step by step some of what's going on, okay? Number one, we believe. We believe. That's not just believing about, like looking at a bridge and saying, that's a bridge, I believe that's a bridge. In fact, I believe that bridge could probably hold me and get me to the other side of the ravine. That really doesn't do a person any good to mentally just ascend to believing. To believe is to trust and to actually put in action something. A person gets onto the bridge and walks on the bridge. We see Jesus, there's an action that takes place. We acknowledge, yes, we see Jesus. However, we, in that respect, open up and let him come inside of us. We receive, then at that time, Jesus, and he brings the gift of repentance. Repentance means the ability to change our mind and change our direction. This is a God-given ability to see and confess how our lives have been moving in an unhealthy, sinful direction that missed the mark of having relationship with God and being a citizen of his kingdom. He makes this real to us, and he's the one who helps us see it. At that point, we act again. We confess out loud our condition known as sin, death, our sins, the stuff that we've done, that stuff that we are naturally born with, our sin, death nature, stuff that we have done, and we acknowledge that the only way that there is going to be any kind of forgiveness is to, once again, receive the cleansing that Jesus offers as he's coming in. He cleansed us with his blood that was shed for us, that he died for us, that he took our place on the cross, and we receive him as our Lord, our super boss, the one who's in charge. We acknowledge that he rose from the dead and that he is giving us the same spirit and nature of eternal life. We believe that he was who he really said he was. And in that process, we then are put in a spot where next we confess that no matter what takes place, no matter how long we're in that state of acknowledging our condition to God, we go with it. Some people, it's just a short period of time. Other people, they are broken up for hours. Don't worry about it. Just go with it. And lastly, when that takes place, to just really take a moment and acknowledge that you are truly 
miraculously, spiritually born again. You have a new nature in you. You are now changed from the outside in and your insides have changed from death to life. Now with that, there's so much that is in front of a person. More than I can describe and explain right now in the brief time that we have together. But if you have questions, if you have comments, you have concerns, there is a section on this podcast that you can leave your comments, your questions. We'll get back to you. Or if you'd rather do it in an email fashion, the email is lifearoundthefire at gmail.com. You fire out a question, we will get back in touch with you. The beauty of what's going on is so incredible. And the review of it for a person is so worth it, man, to reflect and to realize if this has already happened to you, just to celebrate it again and to kind of go through it wonderfully. If not, and it's happening right now, wow. I celebrate that with you and welcome any feedback. If you want to direct it this way, we can provide some help. Now, in wrapping things up, I got to tell you, next week's podcast is going to be on fire, baby. I mean it. It's going to be now from the inside getting out. God's on the inside and he wants to get out. And we got some stuff going on, man. And I want to encourage you to tune in, invite a friend, all that good jazz. I love you. I look forward to hearing from you again. Look forward to talking with you uh, via mail or, you know, if not here, in the air, baby. I love you. Take care. Bye.